Your Beautiful Destiny, a show where we will talk about finding beauty in the most unconventional places in our lives. So every week, we'll talk about dealing with disappointment or overcoming frustration, dealing with stuff that just gets under your skin and derails you. We'll also have amazing guests on here that will be sharing their stories. So I'm your host, Shanna Strange. Let's dive in. Hey friends, I'm so glad you are joining me today, and I know that things have been rough, haven't they though? Haven't things just been, I would say, interesting would be an understatement, wouldn't it? Things have been uh, incredibly insane the last few months here in America and all over the world. And one of the things um, that God showed me a couple months ago before the Lord of this started was that He was shaking the whole earth. And that is a quote from Haggai 2.6 where he says, in a little while I will shake the earth. I will shake the nations. And so there is a there is a shaking going on. And that may feel like a really awful thing, but it's actually a good thing. And I just want to talk to you today about, you know, um, managing overwhelming emotions because we are in a shaking right now. And you're going to have some emotions that are going to be overwhelming at times. And you can hear my dog barking. Of course, she waits to bark until um, I start recording my podcast. My apologies, friends. But I, I just was on my heart heavy today. And I think it's because I myself have struggled with overwhelming emotions most of my life. And it has just been, you know, it's something that the Lord is progressively teaching me how to manage them. Because I'm in my own, on my own state, I could not do it uh, without the help of medication or um, counseling or whatever. And, and I think counseling is an amazing thing. I'm actually going to talk about that today. But I want to talk to you about something that I believe is the foundation for uh, managing your emotions. And it's going to be something that I think can be life-changing if you can learn how to tap into this and learn and to understand how it works. So the way that it works is we actually, um, especially if you're a feelings-based person, let me just preface that by saying, you know, some people uh, don't live by their emotions and this is not a subject for them that really they need a lot of help in because they're just not emotional people. Well, I'm not one of those people. And I'm I'm guessing if you listen to my podcast, you must not be either. Because one thing that you know about me is that I'm extremely emotional. And um, I have dealt with depression my whole life, feelings of hopelessness. Um, I know what that feels like. And so, you know, it's really, it can be overwhelming to you. And so I'm really kind of just talking to, to feelings-based people today. And if you're not one, you probably know one. So this would still help you. But the truth is, our emotions are a byproduct of what we believe to be true, okay? So, um, it doesn't matter if, if it's really true or not, because if you believe it's true, then your emotions are going to follow suit. So, 
I am a counselor. I, I practice something called belief therapy. And so belief therapy is a form of cognitive behavior therapy. And what is that? It's psychology that's rooted and based in looking at thoughts and really getting critical about those thoughts and saying, okay, is this thought that I have right now, is it really true? Is this really a true thought? Because usually if there's a, an, a, a negative emotion attached to that feel or to that thought, then it's probably a lie. Now let's think about this. Jesus said when he's talking about who he is versus who Satan is, he says that, you know, the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you would have a life and that you would have an abundant life. So when he's talking about abundance, he's, he's not necessarily talking about prosperity and wealth terms of what we think of in, in um, the Western world when somebody says prosperity. He's actually talking about this abundant soul, this place where the soul is so um, overwhelmed by the goodness of God and so full of the life of God that it has to be poured out into other people. That's the abundance that he wants to give us because we know he's not talking about uh, wealth, you know, financial wealth necessarily, because if that were the case and every single Christian would have tons of money, he's not talking about that. What he came to give us was an abundant life in our soul that we would be connected to him, to the vine, and we would yield this beautiful fruit. But the problem is most Christians don't live that way. And, and I've been guilty of this and struggle with this sometimes when my negative emotions seem to take over. Like when I'm discerning in the atmosphere hopelessness or I'm discerning fear or I'm discerning, I'm just overwhelmed at how awful things are in the world. It can be really easy to just kind of fall into that and allow the enemy to just tell me a bunch of lies and from those lies will yield rotten fruit because that's what he does. He's the father of all lies. His lies are always going to yield death in some way. And so that's what we have to learn how to do. And that's what we do with belief therapy and a, and a good cognitive uh, therapist, behavior therapist would actually help you identify what lies are you believing? So for instance, let's just say that I struggle with, um, let's just say I'm just in, in a particularly dark place, dark moods, and I feel like I'm a loser. And so every time I do something wrong, and I don't measure up to what I thought was going, you know, it was going to be success. I'm beating myself up and I'm constantly rehearsing and rehashing things like I'm such an idiot just because I did something wrong. I could never do anything right. What is wrong with me? I'm such a failure. And so I, if I believe that is truth, well, what happens as a result of that? Depression, right? I'm going to feel, I'm just going to feel sad. I'm going to feel like an idiot. I'm going to feel like a loser because I believe a lot. Now, the truth is, did I mess up in a particular thing? Yes, but everybody does. See, that's what the enemy likes to do is single you out as the only one who's making mistakes. You're the only one who messes up. Um, you know, whatever your, your situation may be, maybe it's something at work. Um, I remember one time I made this colossal mistake at work. And, I mean, it was bad. Like, I was in banking, and, and it was a, uh, a home equity loan. If you know anything about home equity in Texas, man, you can't mess those loans up because – the bank loses their leverage, their collateral, when uh, things are done incorrectly in the loan process. Um, 
there's not a lot of footing for a bank in a home equity loan. So I messed up bad. It wasn't just me. It was like a string of people. We all missed this huge mistake. Actually, it wasn't my fault. It was somebody else's mistake, but I didn't catch it, and I should have. And um, fortunately, we were blessed with some really good customers who allowed us to come out to them and re-sign documents. But it was a huge mistake. And I could have just like beat myself up and just told myself what an idiot I was and how could I do that. But you know what? I didn't. I was like, you know what? That's one mistake I've made, but I have made thousands of uh, amazing non-mistakes, for lack of better words. And I have done things right so many times. As a matter of fact, when I would go in for my annual review, they would say, man, you just don't hardly make any mistakes. Like you're so consistent and you do such a great job and you're fast and you're efficient. And so it's things like that that if I really, you know, took that to heart, um, it would have really made me crumble and just kind of acquiesce to the devil's request of telling me I was an idiot and believing it. And so I just want to encourage you that, um, and that's a small example, but the enemy is doing that in area, every area of your life. So may, you know, for me, it was easy to fight him off in that area because that's not an area that's really sensitive to me. However, there are other areas in my life that I'm very sensitive in, particularly I'm sensitive in criticism or rejection. If I feel like I've been rejected, especially about music or ministry, um, it's very hard for me to pull myself out of that and not go down like I'm a loser type path, you know, thinking that and, and the emotion emotions that accompany that. So that's an area that I have to really, really um, take hold of the Lord and and choose to believe <laughs> the truth, even though I feel like I want to believe the lie. And that's where it gets tricky is when you really, like you really believe the lie and it's hard to, to fix that. And so how do you stop believing lies even when you know they're lies? And I think a lot of times we like to be a victim and this is harsh, but I think it's the truth. I think if we're the victim, there's a certain level of, um, compassion we get from people there's a certain level of you know um oh let's take it easier on her she's the victim in this situation and and it can be like a a, a manipulative way to kind of get what you want sometimes if you're always the victim and so i would just encourage you not to allow those kind of thoughts into your mind and because you're not a victim now there are there truly are people who are in victim they're being victimized in their life right now and I'm not discounting that for sure. But for me, um, it was really easy for me to play the victim because I was bullied. I was bullied. I've talked about that in the past. Um, you know, in like fourth grade, I, I there was this horrible kid who just, he just loved to ruin my life every single day, no matter where I was. If it was the bus or if it was at school or it was on the playground, he was in my homeroom class. And he would just figure out ways to just make my life awful. And so, you know, I took up that, that cape or mantle, whatever you want to call it, of being a victim. Because when you, that happens to you at such a young age, and people who are abused can totally understand what I'm saying. When you are abused like that, you feel like there's something wrong with you. And shame becomes like this cloud that's just heavy over your head. And so I know what that feels like. Um, but the truth is you're an overcomer. You're not a victim. 
You've been, you've been made more than a conqueror through Christ. He's given you uh, the power and authority to tread over serpents. He's given you the power and authority over all the entire earth to do his will here. And so you're not a victim. And, and so until you believe that, you're not going to get out from that, that cloud of, of uh, negative emotions of shame and depression. And so how do you, how do you change your mind? So this is what I really, truly believe. And, and this is the only, in my opinion, this is the only way out and it's to hear the word. So, um, faith comes by hearing, but it's specifically hearing the word of God. This is what the Bible says, right? That's in Hebrews, right? So how do I, how do I begin to believe what I hear? And it's, it has to be the word of God. So whatever the situation is, so if, if you have a struggle with shame, maybe you were abused, maybe you were sexually abused, and it has just left a scar that you can't seem to, um, man, you can't seem to get away from it. You always end up coming back to this place of shame, no matter what, what happens in your life. You might think you're getting ahead, but there you are, you come back, you end up right back in that same place of shame. And because of that, you tend to be timid or shy and, um, and you just believe, well, I guess I'm just a timid or shy person. Um, but, but could it be that shame is just almost cloaking your life and suffocating the life out of you because you believed a lie? It wasn't your fault. Let me just set you free right now. It was not your fault what someone else chose to do to you. It wasn't because you were weak. It wasn't because you were a bad person. Honestly, it might have been because you were a sweet, kind person. Um, I had a sweet disposition. I was a kind-hearted child. I still am a kind-hearted person and extremely merciful. And um, I guess some people would say I was passive, but I wasn't. I was just, I was just tender-hearted. And there are awful people who take advantage of tender-hearted people. And, you know, that doesn't make me a bad person. That made the other person a lost, deceived person who felt like they needed to choke the life out of someone else to make them feel more powerful. And so I've had to wrestle with those lies, you know, of, well, you're just a weak person. And I, I even, I'm serious, I just had that thought today. You're just a weak person, Jana. You're always constantly having to, you know, fight depression you're always ha having to I mean that's not normal no one else is running around fighting depression that's not true there are tons of people who fight depression the statistics are staggering of how many people are um clinically depressed in the United States that's supposed to be the most wealthy prosperous nation in the world but yet we have all these depressed people it's because their souls are lacking they're believing lies they're believing lies about God. They're believing lies about themselves. And so I would just encourage you to, to do, to take some action regarding your negative thoughts that are not from the Lord. First of all, negative thoughts are not from the Lord. Does God give us thoughts that are uh, warnings? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know that. You'll, you'll feel the Holy Spirit kind of quicken you. Don't do that. Don't say that. Or maybe he'll you know, whisper in your energy to prepare, there's a battle coming. Or I've had, I have dreams where the Lord shows me things. I just had a dream about snakes last night. So I believe that was the Lord showing me what's going on, you know, um, in, in my life right now. There's some deception in some areas. And um, 
just demonic spirits trying to take root. And the Lord is just trying to show me how to deal with that and what is going on. So I'll, so I'll know. But I've got to know that he's for me. That he is for me. That he is so in love with me as his child. And that he's pleased with me. That if I never do a, another single great huge thing, he's not going to love me any less. Like I don't have to do something huge with my life to make him love me. And if I don't do anything else, that's okay. I mean, he's he's not gauging my worth based on my actions. Now, would he like to partner with me in some things? Absolutely. Does he have a dream and a destiny for me? Absolutely. Of course he does. But until we get our foundation where it needs to be concerning managing our emotions, this is foundational. I mean, really learning how to not live from your emotions is foundational to being a Christian because the truth is things are not going to get easier, guys. Things are going to get harder. These are just the birth pains. So we're just now getting into the birth pains of what is to come. And if we can't learn how to manage these emotions that are popping up because of fear or because of uh, frustration or or just any negative emotion, depression, sadness, despair, despondency. Are there any other D words I can think of? Discouragement. Right. So if we don't learn how to combat these, what are we going to do when things get really bad? What are we going to do when, you know, we're forced to either take the mark of the beast or die? I mean, what what do we think all this is for? Do we think that God's just... Um, you know, saying like, what kind of trials can I give you? No, there's an end to this. He has an end game. There's something bigger that's going to happen. And so if I don't learn to take every thought captive, and that's really the root of belief therapy or any good counseling is to take every thought captive. You don't have to believe every single thought that flashes across your mind. You don't have to believe it. It's, it is literally your choice. And I think so many of us are believing lies that, you know, even about that. Like, we're thinking, oh, I feel that the must, tr- must be true, so I'm just going to accept it as truth. Well, every single thought needs to be held up in light uh, to the light of the Scripture and weighed against the Scripture. So, you know, here's some practical things that you can do. And, and I would say um, I've... I've been reading a book, and he lists some really cool things. And um, by the way, I'm just going to tell you what that book is called. It's called Feeling Good. I believe that's the name of it. And um, my dog is driving me crazy. I'm so sorry. So sorry. Um, It's older. It's actually not a new book. But um, I'm just trying to find it so that I can make sure. Yeah, it's called Feeling Good. And it is by, why is this taking 14 years to load? David Burns is a doctor, is like a psychologist. Um, Feeling Good by David Burns. And it's older, and, but it's, it's um, mood therapy, and it's, it's based in cognitive uh, behavior therapy. And he talks about, you know, really becoming aware of your thoughts. And he's not even a Christian, and I'm just going to 
um, warn you that, like, if you read the book, he cusses. It's not like, right? I mean, you're going to see some some curse words in there, and so read at your own risk, at your own peril, whatever. But some of the things he says, I think, are are just really true, and he's he's been enlightened by God, you know, in some areas. And so he talks about just different ways to um, become aware of your thoughts. And he says that you can do things like, of course, um, journal every day and then go back and reflect on that and see, you know, what what those thoughts are and what you've been ruminating in and how dark are they. But he talks about wearing like a um, something that will show you something that will show you how many times a day you've thought negative thoughts. And so it's like a clicker type thing. So and I guess you could just keep track of this in like your phone since we live in live in the digital era when he wrote this i don't think things were digital but um maybe every every single time you have a negative thought go into your notes app mine's an iphone as you can tell or whatever um app you have for writing down notes and just you know write write down all the negative thoughts you have that day like literally how, how many do you, and he says that just doing that creates an awareness and and starts to decrease daily how many negative thoughts you have because you're all of a sudden aware of those thoughts you're not just letting them just stay there so that's what so many of us do we just have the thought and we let it stay there instead of dealing with it instead of confronting it um we just are like oh i'm just going to accept this as true and therefore what results from that ends up being depression and ends up being um you know, sadness or anxiety, worry, you know, I could see how so many people right now can be trapped in anxiety and overwhelmed with what's going on, you know, worrying about their job, worrying about their their spouse, worrying about the economy, worrying about COVID-19 and catching that and dying, um, wor- worrying about anything and everything. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. But remember what Jesus said, I've come that you would have life, not just life, but abundance of life. Abundance of life means I have peace. It means I have joy in the middle of a storm. It means that while everybody else is panicking and freaking out, I'm actually okay. Like, I'm not just okay. I'm doing fantastic, and I'm able to help other people. See, you you don't just want to survive this season of life. You don't just want to, and I'm not trying to be cliche about this either and say, oh, don't survive, just thrive. But honestly, the Lord wants us to be a light. We are a city on a hill. We cannot be hidden. Okay, so if you're being hidden right now, it's because you're choosing to to remain hidden. God desires that we would be a light right now, a beacon of hope to the world. This should be the church's finest hour. We should not be running in fear. And sticking our head in the sand and just begging God to rapture us out of here at any moment. That's not what he wants. He wants us to be a light to the world. I mean, we have the answers, guys. We have the answers, right? But if we're stuck in emotional overwhelm with just the birth pain stuff, what in the world are we doing? Did we really think it was going to be easy? See, this is foundation. This is Christianity 101. Like, what do you believe? That's that's what it's all about. What do you believe? Because if you are not liking the emotions that you're you're struggling with daily, 
then what we have to do is we have to go back to the foundation and see what we believe. And if I don't like what I uncover in my belief system, I can change it. That's hard work. I'm not going to lie. But the Lord wants to help you do that. And I mean, I'm trying to do this in different areas of my life. I'm going to be honest, as I always am with you guys. You know, it's, I, I catch myself pining for the days of old, you know, like being sad. Someone messaged me the other day because I, I did a an event about nine years ago, and it was probably the biggest event I've ever done to date. There were several thousand people there, and I did some worship, and they brought Sheila Walsh in. Um, she's an international speaker, Christian artist, author. She's been all over the place. And so it was such an honor, and I got to do worship um, for this event, and I got to meet her and talk to her, and she actually prayed for me and gave me some prophetic word. It was amazing. But, um, you know, my life went in a totally different direction after that. I really thought things were going to open. I really thought doors were going to open for me, and I was going to get to do that at a at a higher level, and I was going to get to travel, and um, I was going to get to do worship like that on bigger platforms, and my life has not gone that direction. All that was nine years ago, and I literally hardly ever do any events anymore. Um, I Most of my platform is digital. I do a lot of online stuff. Um, I'm hidden you know, in a way that the Lord has has facilitated this, and it's not because I haven't tried, because I have. And so I could let those feelings pop up sometimes where I get angry, or I feel a little bit betrayed by the Lord. I feel like um, He closed some doors on me, and it really hurts my feelings, you know, and I have to, like, work through this, these feelings, these uh, negative emotions. So I'm working on what I really believe. What do I really believe in what I've had to come to the conclusion of is I do not have an eternal perspective because I am not seeing things through the lens that God is seeing them in. Like if I get my mind fixed on him and eternity and his kingdom in an eternal perspective, I wouldn't be upset about the things I do or don't do in this life. Because I would have my focus on on something much greater, something much bigger. Right, and so God has been teaching me that being with Him, and and uh, He's got me in a place right now where He's He's teaching me to declare and decree His Word, and it's a very prophetic intercession type thing. That that is just a big as big of a deal to Him as it is if I were standing on a platform leading three thousand people in worship. Do you see how that can get so skewed in my in our heads? We can really think that um, more people equals, um, I don't know, just a greater measure of success or whatever. And so I've had to reevaluate my beliefs about this whole issue and understand that, um, you know, what I'm really after is being with him and that heaven knows my name. It doesn't matter if the people of this world never know my name. Heaven knows my name because I bombard it with worship. I bombard it with praise and intercession. And I'm always in the courts of heaven requesting things, decreeing things that he tells me to say, being his hands and feet in the earth. So I've had to have a real paradigm change in this area. And I still, still to this day, the enemy tries to hit me with it. He tries to stab me in the heart and say, yeah, look what God, he's withholding. Just like he did with with, um, Eve in the garden. God's withholding something from you. 
And so I can I can almost bet that I'm not the only one that's dealing with that. You know, if you're over the age of I don't know, 20, you have regrets and you have um you have looking back over your life you're thinking, "Man, I mean, just it hasn't gone the way I thought it was going to go," you know? And how do you get past that disappointment in your heart and it, I'm telling you it's to get that focus back where it needs to be that eternal perspective and um also to you know manage those overwhelming emotions by by shifting the focus back to him but also reevaluating your beliefs so what do you really believe and sometimes it's hard to figure that out so this probably could be like I could go on and on and on about this and um because I do counseling people and teaching people how to manage them but um I just wanted to share some of that that was on my heart today and um hey you know if this is an area you struggle in I'm gonna just encourage you reach out to me reach out to a counselor reach out to a trusted friend that that could um, encourage you during this season if you really want to change your life get find a belief therapist you know I'd be, love to work with you um, I'm so thankful that you guys showed up today I hope that you are encouraged and I look forward to talking to you guys next week so thanks for listening today. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I just wanted to tell you that I'm starting something new on my ministry page, um, which you can find on Facebook if you just look up Shanna Strange Ministries. You will find me, and you should go and just follow my page, like it, or whatever. And um, on Tuesdays at 9 a.m., I'm starting something called Coffee and a Chat. So that's just going to be a time where I can get together with you I really, you know, it's on my heart. I really want to know the people. I want to connect with the people that are um, part of my ministry family. I feel like I throw these things out here, but I don't really know anybody. And so I want you to get to know me as a person. I am a real person. And then I want to get to know you as well. So that's just going to be a time where we can come together. I'm not going to get super teaching. I really just want to chat. So yeah, get your coffee and show up at Tuesday, 9 a.m. on my Facebook page. See you guys soon.